Good morning. It's Monday morning here, and it's actually a little bit chilly. I don't know about where you are, Mike. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool, pretty cold. Good. Well, I had an awesome week off. I had a little bit of a vacation. Um, it was nice, you know, little cruise type thing. It was very cool. Went with Super Hubby and my sister. We went and just floated off to the world and stepped off the world for a little bit. So that was really nice. Um, what'd you do? Well, we had uh, Deck to Hall's Holiday Bazaar at the Mount Pleasant uh, Civic Center. Uh, nice. Shared shared a booth with a fellow author, Nancy Hudgens, and uh, sold a bunch of books. Had a really nice. good time. Yeah. That's always good. Um, so... What we have in store for today, since we had our weekend, our week off, is going to be book reviews. And I know we have off next week because of Thanksgiving. So we're not going to be on next week either. And I can't remember what the week is after that. So I'll have to look in that and figure it out. Um, I think it has to do with holiday advertising, if I'm not I think mistaken. think so, yeah. Yep. Okay, I think cool. so. We'll talk about why to do it, how to do it, some little tips and tricks and how to do it. Um, just keep in mind, authors, that... Next weekend does start Black Friday and all that lovely stuff. Not not this coming with the one after. So make sure that you've got your holiday stuff ready to go. Um, Mike, what book are you reviewing today? I'm reviewing Hail Mary, which is a psych. I don't know if you can see this real well. Hail Mary okay. by by Andy Weir. I've never was, heard of him. He was the author of The Martian. Okay. which was uh, not only a successful book, but it was made into a movie, a uh, very successful movie. Uh, had the guy, like, had such a terrible knives actor's names now, from Goodwill Hunting, uh, ben, not Ben Affleck, but his partner. What's the other guy's name? Oh, uh, I knew you would ask. <laughs> um, I can see him. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't think of his name. Yeah. Yeah, my wife says the same thing. But anyway, uh, it's uh, it's a great novel. It's uh, the thing about the Martian when uh, it was written. As we know, as as authors, uh, we write in certain genres, and um, and sometimes you write series, and sometimes you write individual novels. Sometimes you do both. <clears throat> Well, in Weir's case, when he wrote The Martian, uh, it was really one of those kind of novels, kind of those kind of books that there is no sequel to. There is no, they're just, it was written in such a way that it was not just an excellent standalone novel, but there wasn't really any way to replicate it. It was like a, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle, if you understand what I'm saying. So uh, he did try to write a couple of other books as well. After that, I uh, don't think he had much success. And then he wrote Hail Mary. And I have to say, I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, because Hail Mary, I think, is is as good, maybe even a little bit better than The Martian. And believe me, coming from my estimation, that is saying quite a lot. Uh, now, when we talk about science fiction, uh, which you know, we both write science fiction, fantasy, uh, science fiction. One thing to remember about that is, is often science fiction is only a decade or two or a few years away from being sometimes science fact. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, uh, 
the things that are presented in science fiction books uh, may in fact become, you know, part of technology in the not too distant future. And yeah. half the time yeah. I can't figure out why people who are reading this stuff and see how some of this stuff goes sideways. I'm like, why are you even tempting fate and trying to go into the stuff? Did you not <laughs> read the book? Did you not see the movie? It's like, it doesn't go well. Right. Right. Well, um, in this particular case, uh, with what I like so much about what Andy Weir has done in both of his books, The Martian and Now in Hail Mary, is that he marries actual science, actual science fact, mm -hmm. with, um, with what ifs. What, what if this happened or what if science developed, technology developed to a certain point? And again, we're not talking hundreds of years in the future. We're talking not in the too distant future. So in his particular case, uh, it has to do with space travel. Um, anyone familiar with Einstein's theory of relativity? One of the things that uh, he theorized was that uh, time is relative when you reach a certain uh, speed, a speed of light, that mm -hmm. time can bend. Now, that's theoretical. That's not necessarily fact. But in Weir's book, it actually is treated as fact. So... Not to give away too much of the store, but in his book, the sun is dying. Our sun is dying. We're talking present day. We're not talking 500 years from now. We're talking 21st century. Mm -hmm. And the reason the sun is dying is because they have discovered extraterrestrial life in the form of tiny one-celled organisms who feed on the energy of the sun. What's more, they are reproducing at such a high rate that they're eating the energy from the sun and causing it to get colder, which is going to cause a nuclear winter in on Earth within 30 or 40 years. And all life as we know it, 95% uh, of it, 99% will become extinct. Interesting. So, so there is a desperate, uh, all-out, worldwide crash where the world actually comes together, where they have a crash uh, program to try to find out how to solve the problem before it's too late and we have the nuclear winter. So one thing they discover is that the nearby suns around us uh, also seem to be dimming, which seems to indicate that these suns that are within five light years of the earth, five to 10 light years of the earth are also, uh, are also experiencing a energy output that is decreasing, much like uh, what is happening in our own solar system. So they have figured out that these organisms are part of that as well. However, there's one sun, Tau Ceti, which actually is within the five to 10 year uh, uh, distance, light year distance, that is not decreasing. So the crash space program is to send uh, a... Uh, space uh, a spaceship to this solar system of Tosseti to decide how it is that particular sun is not suffering the same fate as the other nearby suns in our galactic neighborhood now is it close enough that they can get the information back in time or that's a good question so again trying not to give too too much away uh, of the uh, of the story but the uh, the trip there is basically one way. 
so the uh, the scientists and astronauts that have been chosen to go will not be coming back. Basically, they will they will die there, and so it's not necessarily a, it's not a suicide mission in the context that you know it's done out of some sort of religious fervor or something. You know, that you're fanatic or something, but in that they are sacrificing their lives to go there, determine why this star is not suffering the same fate, uh, learn the solution to that, and then send that information via space probes back to Earth so that the scientists here can use that to rectify the situation before it's too late on Earth. So they're not going there on just like, they're going there to be heroes for the entire planet. They're trying to save the planet, but they're giving their lives right. to do it. They're sacrificing and they, they're knowingly, their knowing, knowingly doing this. Yes, they nice. are. What complicates the matter is that they cannot make the trip. Uh, of course, with a lot of science fiction you have, you see these uh, science fiction novels, sometimes movies, where the, uh, the long distance over, uh, over space where they're in um, in a deep sleep, they're in some sort of uh, crypto stasis. chamber, mm-hmm. or they're in stasis. But in this case, they're put into a coma. Okay, the uh, the 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 heroes that are going to discover what's going on and send the information back are actually put in a coma, and they're kept alive via robotics and things like that on the trip. So the main character, when he gets there, discovers that he's the only one that has survived the trip. So oh, no. the others, the others that were supposed to be helping him, uh, uh, something happened to the program, something happened. They are both nothing but mummified bones when he gets there. Whoa. And he's waking up. So now he has to do it all himself. That so, sounds really good. I mean, how yeah. would, you, oh, how would you feel waking up to that? I would be like, um, well, this sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, like I said, there's a lot in it. Uh, uh, Weir, what he's done, he's married a lot of science facts with speculation. You know, relativity, for example, the, in his uh, space travel, in his novel here, uh, actually you lose time going to uh, Tosseti, but mm-hmm. the probes going back actually gain time. So the distance that, to get that there, bending time thing. Yes. Was, so yeah. it kind of, you know, it kind of messes with your head because you've actually uh, took, it actually took even traveling faster there. You lose more time than the space probes coming back, uh, traveling at the same speed. It has to do with the relativity of time and speed. Uh, so, and, I mean, he not only has to do this himself, so that's like three times the amount of work, but he has to do it and stay sane. There's nobody for him to talk to. There isn't until he discovers that there is another spaceship there from another uh, star system suffering the same fate. Uh, oh, that, uh, sneaky, sneaky. And, and uh, they're trying to do the, exactly the same thing that the main character is. And uh, so... Uh, Interesting. It sounds yeah. really good. Right. It's... I, I, what I enjoyed is that everything he, from, you know, I taught science for a, a lot of years and most of the way Andy Weir puts his books together, both the Martian and in Hail Mary is not in like we do in fantasy where, you know, you, you have things that are fantastical, you know, and you just, it, you're only limits your imagination. In this mm-hmm. case, uh, the science that he presents 
is actually real science and it is in the realm of possibility of the situation that he's presented. So it's not that far-fetched, if you understand what I'm saying. Interesting. That does sound good. And what was it called again? The name of the book is called Hail Mary, Project mm-hmm. Hail Mary, and is written by Andy Weir. And I highly recommend it. If you have not read, written, or I should say, if you've not read The Martian, mm-hmm. I would read that one as well. The Martian is his first book. Two separate, completely different novels. And I got to say, the Hail Mary was as good or better than The Martian. And I just didn't think that was possible. So that's high praise indeed coming from me. Wow, that is. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, for my book, I chose The Preparations by um, Danielle McDonough. She's a fairly new author. She has, there are four in this series. They are all four out. This is the first book called the preparations and the series is the legacy and it's actually really interesting if you've seen divergent it's kind of like divergent meets hunger games with an interesting twist Um, there are different factions and each faction has its certain you know lifestyle that sort of thing and every 50 years they get together and they figure out who the clan leaders are by running this competition. And at least three out of the six members have to survive. So you don't get to pick who your teammates are either. The elders, current elders, the ones head of the clan are the ones that pick the teams and they pick, you know, how they're going to be separated and that sort of thing. They watch you over the course of the six months training and then you have to actually qualify. Your team of six have to actually qualify. So you don't even know who's on your team until the day that everyone's chosen. You just, you have hope. And you have to go to these different areas and learn different things throughout these six months to survive this test. And like I said, th- at least three out of six have to survive. That's kind of part of the Hunger Games issue. Um, I haven't quite gotten to the point the end of this book is where it starts in the challenges and so i'm looking forward to reading the next one um but it's got an interesting twist to it Uh, when it comes to like the hunger games and divergent it's all the ones from the the under undergrounds it's it's the what what not undergrounds the 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 least likely to be picked sort of group and this one actually follows two highly skilled. And so the, the one thinks she knows it all and she's got it all and she has something to prove. And then the other, she's one of the elder's daughter. And then one of the elder's sons feels he's not worthy and that this other girl is actually more worthy than he is to lead the group. But it turns out he ends up leading the group, which causes a little bit of a twist in it. But they've prepared for this pretty much all over their life. And when it finally is announced, because they never know when it's going to be announced, and there's only a certain age group that's allowed to even prepare for this. So if you're older or younger, you can't even vie for this position in the clan as one of their elders. <clears throat> so it's a little bit of a unique twist. I liked it. I actually enjoyed it. Sounds I like c- it has a strong Hunger Games vibe to it. It does. Yeah. Like Hunger Games meets Divergent. It's kind of yeah. more where it's at. Um, but I can understand it. It's like there, it explains their past and how they went through this dark phase and how 
when they came together, they were able to separate into these different groups and the community was allowed to build, but they had to start with us, these elders. And when these elders had the darkness in them, they took too much, there was too much darkness that they had to be replaced. And that's where these games came. And like I said, every 50 years, they change them out. But it doesn't say what happens to the elders when the new elders come in. And that's what I'm wondering is, does something happen to the current elders that are still alive? How does that work? So I'm really curious to dive into the other three books. Um, Danielle does really good in presenting, you know, feelings and thoughts. It's, it's pretty much first person through just the one person's mind. And so it's unique. I like it. So I'm excited to dive into the next ones. Wow. Okay, that well, sounds good. I mean, uh, we've met Danielle at uh, some of the event book events mm-hmm. we've been at. Yep. So. Yep. She and I did a book swap. <clears throat> okay. And so I've had him for a little while, and I have quite a few over there. I'm going to be reading through to do our reviews, but I really wanted to dive into this one. Like I said, her fourth book just came out this summer. That's the end of the series, and so I'm I'm kind of trying to get through the other three first, but. I wanted to read this one to see where it was going, and I actually like the direction it's heading. Wow. So if you like Hunger right. Games and you like Divergent, you're going to actually love this series. Very. Uh, and, of course, that's uh, those have been some uh, hot uh, genres, you know, uh, the, the uh, Divergent Hunger Games, the, the old uh, dystopian. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been, a, that's been very popular now for, what, five or ten years? Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. slightly different enough that it's not like a copycat. There's right. certain things in it that make it just different enough that it's not the same. That it has its own has its own road to go down. Right, right. And okay. I'm curious to see where she takes it because, like I said, you don't know what happens to the other elders once the new elders are chosen. And considering two out of the six are elders' children, I'm kind of curious to see where it's heading. <laughs> oh yeah. So, well. Uh, well, she, uh, she's prolific just like you. I think how many, how many books has she written? Six so far? No, she's got four. Four? Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have, uh, uh, 16 novels and working on two children's books and three anthologies. <laughs> oh, just wow. Two. Just got six and working on the seventh. So <laughs> I'm way behind. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Mine's just, like I said, the way it ended up coming out and, and the wash but either way when you read books it is super important to do book reviews and i will be putting one up for her later um but to do those reviews i was just talking to one of the authors from texas sisters press this morning who's getting a little frustrated because she goes to look up her book and it's not listed and i said i think the magical number is 10 before amazon starts you know kind of fitting you into the algorithm so reviews are super important. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be this dissertation. It doesn't have to describe the whole entire story and try not to put spoilers. Just, you know, did you like it? If so, what's the stars? That sort of thing. And, you know, try to be, um, when, if you do have something negative to say, try to be constructive instead of destructive. That's a good point. Because authors do read those. You know, it's um, one of the things that uh, if you are a independent author like we are, and that's 95% of all published authors, mm-hmm. uh, 
reviews are important and they do uh, Amazon, the largest, you know, public publisher of, of books and mar largest marketer of books. Uh, I think 80% of all eBooks are through Amazon, mm -hmm. but their algorithms are directly related among other things to the number of reviews you have. And it's not necessarily related to the to favorable reviews as much as it is to the total number of reviews mm -hmm. as you as you pointed out one of the things i think that authors can do that i have learned myself i'm not i've learned because you know we have to do our own marketing uh, many of us go to book events you know we've been to several together mm -hmm. and uh you, one of the simplest things you can do to try to increase reviews is when you're at book events and you're selling a book to someone, uh, you know, that has come to your booth and wants to buy your books, ask, mm -hmm. ask them to, uh, to do a review for you. And I, I was a little reluctant to do that when I started uh, writing several years ago, because I'm just, I thought, well, that's a little bit over the top, but it's really not most of the time if you'll ask the authors if you'll ask i'm i'm, I'm sorry the reader mm -hmm. to do a review for you more often than not they will and i know that for a fact because i have made it a point over the this particular year to uh to ask uh readers who have bought my book to do reviews and about half the time uh they well most of the time they say they will but half about half the time maybe a little less they actually carry through on that. And so all you do, all you have to do is simply ask. If you don't ask. The answer is you know, always going to be no. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but reviews are like a Christmas present to a lot of authors. A lot of times when we feel discouraged and whatnot, we kind of take to those reviews. So I have a few set aside for those days where I wonder, why am I writing this stuff? <laughs> it helps mm -hmm. out immensely. And keeping, you know, keeping your focus, keeping going, okay, yes, somebody's actually enjoying this. And like I said, the reviews don't have to be this overly elaborate thing. It doesn't have to be this, you know, don't crucify the author. Just, you know, give your opinion. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you like about it? Don't do spoilers for those who want to read the book. You don't want to hurt somebody else's no. reading experience, too. And I think it that may be one of our topics in the future is to dive into reviews and and how that's how you go about that. That mm -hmm. that would be something that uh, I think it's a whole lot easier than people than 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 people might think. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not that hard. And uh, and like you were saying, uh, you don't have to write a dissertation. Mm -hmm. uh, you and know. You, if you got it at a book show, say, hey, I bought this book at a book show because on Amazon. You're not going to be listed as the verified purchaser because you bought the book elsewhere, but just make sure to clarify, hey, I bought it at a book show. Right. So that they know that, yes, you did buy the book. Yep, yep. And good point there is that uh, we often have, and we've had the holiday specials coming up, we often um, will reduce our ebook prices mm -hmm. to 99 cents. Uh, and a 90, 99 cent purchase is a verified purchase on Amazon, just as much as a $15 paperback. Yep. As know? a matter of fact, I literally just did mine yesterday. Um, my Christmas sales start on Friday the 20th. All of my ebooks are going to be 99 cents. There are some paperbacks. I have a series starter pack where the first book in each of my series is, is going to be only $10. And then my children's books, paperbacks are going to be dropped to eight. 
and my Christmas novella is dropped to eight. So right. I try to make sure each person has a little bit of something. But yeah, when those ebooks are down to 99 cents, it's a verified purchase. Go for it. That's right. That's right. Load up your Kindle. You don't have to read it now. You can read them throughout the year. Load it up now and read them as you go. And if you're if you're in Kindle Unlimited, same applies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're in Kindle Unlimited and as you know, you get uh, you can have so many books, you know, you can read page reads. Uh, that's a verified purchase as well, you know, so it's, uh, and it's very important to authors. So, uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure Andy has received, well, I know he has thousands of reviews, but he is an established author and, uh, as a major publishing company. So, yeah, and Danielle you know, is working this, on it. Yep. She's, she's an independent, so she needs, you know, all that she can get. And her name is Danielle. McDonough, it's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, last name, M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H. That's right. So, so indie, indie authors, you know, uh, the, the reviews are extremely important. We have to work, work a lot harder. And Danielle would appreciate the reviews just like anyone else would. Mm -hmm. We would, too, you know, if you yeah. happen oh, to yeah. want our Christmas <laughs> yeah. specials, sure, go not? for it. We'll take them, right. too. I'm just saying. Right. We right. enjoy it and it lets you get an escape from real life because as we know, stress is like magnified lately with this whole COVID stuff. So, well, and you know, uh, we've, we've proud whether it's people that, uh, that have bought our books that maybe haven't written a review, but they did purchase the books from Amazon or they purchased them at a book event. Still, still time to go back and write a review. Uh, doesn't matter if you read the book a year ago or a week ago, you know, mm -hmm. the review will be just as valid. Definitely. And definitely is wanted, especially come Christmas time. You can consider it a Christmas present to your favorite author. There you go. There you go. So, well, yeah. like I said, next week, we are not going to be on. We're taking off for Thanksgiving. So we will miss you. Um, but we will be back the following week to talk holiday specials, why to do them, why authors do them, how to take advantage of them if you're a reader, that sort of thing. And we will see you then. Mike, do you have anything you'd like to add? No, um, I just, uh, everyone may notice I've got my, I mean, technically correct green screen behind me. I have a little technical issues. So it is green. It's just not screen. So uh, no. hopefully I'll have, that, hopefully have that fixed by next time. <laughs> We're working on it. Until then, y'all yeah. have a good time and we'll see you in two weeks. See ya.